Hello and welcome to the UCL News Podcast. I'm George. And I'm Claire. So it's another week and another podcast. And while it may be raining or kind of snowing outside, we've also got some lovely audio for you this week. Yep, this week we've been soaking up the sights and sounds of a Hindu temple in West London to explore the background of a new exhibition of photographs by senior citizens which explore faith in suburbia. The exhibition has been put together by Dr. Claire Dwyer in UCL Geography and we chat to her and others involved about exploring different faith communities through photography. And we've also been getting pretty excited about tiny animals over at the Grant this week. As if you've ever wondered what an earthworm esophagus looks like or even a baby cuttlefish, you can pop down and have a look at their new microarium, which is a place for tiny things. And, as luck would have it, we've got Jack Ashby, the manager of the Grant Museum, with us in the podcast to tell us more. Hi, Jack. Hiya. Hello. Hi, Jack. So, um, <laughs> what what is the Microarium? And can you tell me a little bit about the idea behind it? So, the Microarium is a little space. It used to be a cupboard in the museum, which we've filled with uh, 2,223 microscope slides and just over 200 lantern slides. Um, but basically, the idea is that... Natural history museums, whilst being brilliant, um, aren't actually very representative of the natural world in that we tend to fill them with big animals when nearly all the animals in the world are tiny. So the microarium is tiny animals. Amazing. So what So what kind of, what kind of things have you got in there? Oh, we've got, <laughs> it's all mi- on microscope slides, we've got sections through whole animals, mostly insects, so kind of one-tenth of a millimetre thick, straight through... Um, some beetles that uh, go through the head, through their antennae, through their legs and through the bodies. Very, very impressive piece of preparation. Um, lots and lots of worms, different types of worms, flattened between worms. the uh, slides and their cover slip. But the world of worms is uh, a great and varied place. That would have been a good title. <laughs> the world of worms. That could have been an alternative title. Um, <laughs> so uh, have you got anything else coming up at the Grant Museum that you want to tell us about? Um, Part of the same project funded by Department of Culture, Media and Sport, Wolfson Fund, um, we are going from the small things to the big things. In in our foyer, which just used to be a fairly boring institutional space, we are having a massive artwork by uh, Slade student Sarah Cameron being installed over this month. Um, Basically, it's a a trompe l'oeil, a trick of the eye. As you come through our doors, it will look like we have built a new cabinet in the foyer, but actually it's Mm. a clever artwork. And when's that being installed? It will be ready by the beginning of March. Amazing. Um, we've also got a short interview with Jack's colleague, Mark Carnell, in the podcast as well this week, which follows a news section. So do stay tuned if we've piqued your interest. Yep. Thanks, Jack. And from biodiversity to cultural diversity, this month is a UCL Diversity Month with a range of events celebrating diversity and addressing the ongoing challenge faced by a range of groups in the UK and beyond. The theme of this year's month is the UCL Grand Challenge of Intercultural Interaction, an institution-wide programme to examine the causes and features of social and cultural diversity. Yep, that's right. UCL's Equality Networks, as well as some other departments, have all been involved in organising a variety of events. Sir Stephen Wall, Chair of UCL Council and UCL's LGBT Equality Champion, has also been very outspoken on on the issue. Um, There's also a panel discussion titled When Should LGBT People Be Offered Asylum in the UK? It's on the 15th of Feb and panellists include Erin 
Ben Power, Executive Director of the UK Lesbian and Gay Immigration Group, and Paul Delane, who's from Amnesty International UK. Yep, there are lots of events lined up throughout the month, including film showings and different um, discussion events. All the details are on the UCL News website and also UCL's Equality and Diversity pages. And finally, we've got some news of a play that's being performed by UCL students for the first time in 400 years. The Tragedy of Cleopatra is an Elizabethan play that inspired Shakespeare's famous tragedy, Antony and Cleopatra. Featuring female actors when it was first performed, The Tragedy of Cleopatra explores early modern attitudes to female heroism, race and national identity. It was the first drama to be written about Cleopatra in English too. Yep, it's being put on by UCL English students and written in 1594 by Samuel Daniel, The Tragedy of Cleopatra centres on tensions between Egypt and Rome. It's on at the Great Hall at Goodenough College in Mecklenburg Square on Sunday the 3rd of March at 2pm. Definitely one for the literary minded. Yeah, very much so. So do head down to that. So that's all the news we got for this show. But do stay tuned to hear our feature exploring faith in suburbia. We visited a Hindu temple in Ealing, West London, to hear about how a new photography project by senior citizens and led by UCL geographer Dr. Claire Dwyer and award-winning photographer Liz Hingley has opened up spiritual understanding between faiths. Today we're in the Sri Kanaga Turkayaman Hindu temple in West Ealing, which was one of the temples that was included in the Faith in Suburbia photography project. My name's Claire Dwyer. I'm a um, senior lecturer at UCL in the Department of Geography, where I'm also part of the Migration Research Unit. The, the temple is a really interesting building because on the outside it doesn't give very many clues to what happens in the inside. It's partly because it was originally a Congregational Baptist church. It was built in the, in the 19th century, declined and was taken over about 20 years ago by this group of mostly Sri Lankan Hindus. The Faith in Suburbia Photography Project was the result of an opportunity I had from a grant from the Public Engagement Unit at UCL to sort of share the results of the work that I've been doing about suburban faith spaces back in, in the community in Ealing. So I've been over the last few years looking at changes in suburban landscapes, particularly in relation to faith and migration, particularly like places like this temple here where a new faith community has taken over an existing building and has adapted it for its own purposes but also had to be sensitive to things like planning permission and heritage in terms of what they could do to the outside of the building. For the photography project, I recruited six different faith communities, all in the Ealing area. And the idea was that, unlike a lot of photography participant photography points where you get young people, we decided we were going to focus on senior citizens. We thought they would have interesting stories to tell and are perhaps a kind of neglected group in relation to outreach and participation. And we thought they would perhaps commit to visiting just one other place of worship. But in fact, they were so enthusiastic about the project that we all the participants, or almost all the participants, visited all the different places of worship. My name is Ramachandran. I'm the ex Executive Committee Chairman of the SKTA Temple Trust of Ealing. I will I'll look after the day-to-day -day running of the business. It's, it's opened my eyes in so many ways because uh, I'm able to 
I was blind on the, the other religions for a while, but uh, when I went to the mosque and uh, the Gurudwara, I I I able to understand their faith and everything, uh, um, you know, what they believe in it. You know, but end of the day, every everything is come to charity organization. They want to help people or younger people, older people, everybody. Uh, we worked with a photographer, Liz Hingley, who um, is, is well known for her work, particularly in relation to migration and faith. My name is Liz Hingley. I'm a photographer and an anthropologist. I studied uh, an MSc in anthropology at UCL. I think photography is more than just the photo. It's a whole process and it's a whole experience. And it was an amazing, a lot comes out of the process of taking photographs, the exchange in building up to that, the relations you have to build to make that exchange, the understanding you have to make. And so I like to, as well as just take photographs and do all that backstage stuff by myself, it's great to involve others in that process and f for us to all learn together because the more people you're sharing that experience with and you see what other people are drawn to, the more you learn yourself. We met initially for a workshop and Liz talked to the participants about what would be involved um, in terms of the project and particularly talked to them about uh, using the visual, so visiting somewhere new and thinking about it through a kind of visual lens. And people were initially quite apprehensive, most of them didn't have any experience or expertise in taking photographs and were sort of anxious that they wouldn't be able to take any decent photographs. But they really embraced the project with a lot of enthusiasm, so what was really nice was to see how they really got into it and began, as they got more confident, they got more confident in taking photographs. It was really exciting to see from the first occasion when everybody was very shy about taking photographs and really unsure and didn't feel they could do it and wanted me to take them, which I refused. But by the end, he couldn't stop them taking photographs and we had so many to edit. The main part of the exhibition are these six banners that are um, a collage of images for each of the different six places of worship. So um, the idea of banners, I suppose, was to, for twofold really. One is lots of different faith traditions have banners, so it was nice to think about banners and flags as being a connection across different faith communities. <laughs> You know, one of the reasons why I did this project was it's very much my local neighbourhood and these were faith communities, some of which I knew a lot about, some of which I didn't know so much about. And I hope that the long-term kind of impact of this project will be, you know, more connections and opportunities to build better interfaith networks locally. You know, Ealing is a very thriving, diverse, multicultural place. And I think by looking at the faith communities, that was a way in to, to um, sort of telling that story. I'm really hoping that it will attract other people from other faith communities to come forward to tell me about their faith community again, you know, to sort of tell these kind of hidden stories about the suburbs through, through the medium of, of, of religion.
Really beautiful piece. The photography exhibition opens this week in Gunnersbury Park Museum in Ealing. More details on the UCL News website. And finally, our second feature is an interview with the Grant Museum of Zoology's curator, Mark Carnell, about their new exhibition space, which showcases the tiny members of the animal kingdom. The microbiome at the Grant Museum is really our way of um, showing the diversity of invertebrate life. So these animals are very, very small, and it's hard to show them in a way you might expect uh, from a normal museum. So it's a, uh, immersive space which is um, very very simply um, three walls of over 2,000 uh, microscope slides and lantern slides. The light box element is partly to create an Aladdin's cave um, feel and also we wanted to create that aesthetic of uh, you know by being in the, in the microbiome and looking at these specimens in the light box sort of brings to mind stereotypical images of scientists sort of poring over these these tiny creatures trying to unlock the secrets of the invertebrates. There's a bit of an ethical issue over, you know, cleaning away old fingerprint marks and, and dust and coffee and nicotine stains from ex-professors. But um, in order to, in order so that it just didn't look like a really grubby set of microsoft we have done a, a bit of light cleaning just to strengthen the aesthetic um, of these mini portraits. We wanted to select slides so we can see the whole organism or a large part of the organism and also it's showing off different life stages which we don't really do in the rest of the museum so it would be larvae or uh, eggs and also there's a smattering of small bits from big animals so if you look carefully you'll find bits of mammoth whale giraffe tuck, tucked around another thing we're trying to highlight is that uh, the skills and techniques in creating these microscope slides a number of people who've had sneak peeks of it already have said they're like mini artworks there's a huge amount of skill and effort that goes into taking i don't know this a random bug and taking a very very thin section of it without without you know appearing to not break the antennae or the legs so we're highlighting those beautiful looking specimens um, and we try to create as much of a biological diversity as possible just by standing in there and absorbing them, by browsing them, it gives you a tiny, tiny taste of just how diverse, how weird and how wonderful um, the invertebrates are. Other things that I find interesting are the history of the people who created the slides. So there's one particular, one, one slide as we were working through where um, somebody's identified it, I think it was uh, one of the worms, and someone's just written it in, in tiny, but capital letters, nonsense. They've had a look at it after, nonsense, this is not the correct uh, identification. Object for object, we've virtually doubled the number of objects we've got on display. So before the microbiome, it was about 5% of objects. In places like South Kensington, it's 1%, so you just have huge huge numbers but it's material that is um for research and so it's not the lovely skeleton it's not the lovely taxidermy it is things like thousands of microscope slides and disarticulated skeletons so one of the ways we got the funding was by saying oh, it's a way of making this uh, aspect of the museum um more accessible but in a hopefully inspiring and curiosity driving way And that's all the news we have for this show, but we'll be back in a fortnight with more news and features from around UCL. But if you want to get in touch in the meantime, you can tweet us at UCL News or email us at mynews at ucl.ac.uk. Bye.